Radiate Radio, your international sound wave for podcasts and more. Hi guys, welcome back to the third episode of When Life Gives You Cancer, You Make a Podcast. In the previous episodes, I discussed my diagnosis and I talked about what it was like losing my hair because of cancer. And... In this episode, I have again a super fun topic, uh, which is chemotherapy. Uh, So let's do this. Before I get into any anecdotes or concrete stories, um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background information about what chemo actually is. Um, Like what, what is it what you need to imagine? Like what can you imagine? Is it... A pill that you need to take in or is it an injection like how does it exactly work because um, for me this is very self-evident of course but someone pointed out to me that they actually have no idea what to picture in their mind so um, I'm gonna give you some very basic explanations don't expect them to be very elaborate or medically accurate I'm not a doctor I actually dropped biology after three years in high school, so don't have high expectations. But I hope that these basic explanations will help you to give a clearer picture of um, yeah of the situation that I was in um, a few years ago when I had cancer. So how long did I have chemo? Um, I'm actually not sure. I think it was. I think I had. A year of chemo yeah I think I I had chemotherapy for about a year and then another half year of I think other medical treatments or I was I was already done with my treatments and I took that half year to kind of recover because I was just so weak um, but to be completely honest I don't exactly remember it's been a while um, and you know sometimes it's also better to forget However, uh, I do remember what uh, the procedure or like the progress was of getting chemotherapy. So the chemo itself, in my case, was, uh, was a liquid. And they would attach that bag of liquid to my IV. And my IV would be uh, connected to uh, my portacot or uh, to, uh, to a port. So what the heck is a port? <laughs> it's a small medical appliance that is installed beneath the skin. The port is usually installed underneath your right collarbone, but in my case, they actually inserted it um, around the area of my upper uh, left rib. So they placed that port uh, right beneath your skin uh, which meant that I first had to get a small surgery to uh, place the port for me to get chemo in the first place. Um, and this port has a catheter, and this catheter connects the port to a vein. I have no idea which vein or like how it exactly works, but it connects it to a vein. And so when they 
insert the IV to your port and your port is like connected to that vein, that's basically how the chemo is injected or transferred into your body. I hope this makes sense to you. Um, I hope it helps a little bit to grasp exactly what is happening when you get chemo or at least the chemo that I had. And um, I actually had two types of chemo. I had uh, FIDE chemo, uh, you spell it as V-I-D-E, and I had a fuck chemo. Um, you don't actually, it's not actually fuck, but you, uh, you write it actually as F-A-C. But uh, everyone in the hospital referred to it as fuck chemo, so I'm gonna do the same. And I don't remember which one, but one of them was uh, heavier than the other, which meant that I had had more side effects and more pain from one chemo than from the other. So I think that I got about six fuck chemos and um, I would have to spend about three to four nights in a hospital for that. And whereas for the Vida or the Vide, I don't know, chemo, I I think I got about 12 to 14. Yeah, I think about 12 to 14 of those. Yeah, so I think for Vida, I had to spend two nights in the hospital. Uh, I think Vida was the lighter chemo, but again, I'm not entirely sure. Radiate Radio, your international sound wave. So now that I kind of explained a little bit what to imagine, I'm gonna break it down why chemo is such a bitch. And the main reasons for that are the chemo cycle, or like I refer to it as the chemo cycle. I will explain in a bit what I exactly mean with that. And of course, the numerous side effects um, that you get from chemo um, are not very, not very pleasant um but i actually have some uh, interesting stories related to that so um but i will get to that in a second first i'm going to talk about the chemo cycle what do i mean with the chemo cycle basically you have this kind of schedule when you start with your chemotherapy So you go to the hospital to get your chemo and depending on the chemo, you spend a certain amount of days in the hospital. You feel very, very nauseous um, while getting the chemo and you also have, or at least I had also different kind of uh, side effects while getting the chemo. And after that, you would go home and then on day 10, that's when the chemo really started kicking in and my immune system was completely gone it was shut down i was extremely fragile and vulnerable um so it also happened that or occurred that i uh, got an infection and (laughs) i actually had to spend another week in the hospital because of that infection um but if everything went fine, then on starting from day ten, um, my immune system would shut would shut da- would shut down, and I would feel 
really really sick that's when the side effects were the worst and that lasted for a couple of days then my body would slowly start to recover and I would have maybe two days left where I would actually feel pretty good but then I already had to go back to the hospital for another chemo and this cycle would repeat itself until you got an uh, until you had gone through all the chemos or until, you know, the treatments worked and the tumor was gone. Because um, that's also a factor of insecurity if the treatments will actually work. Um, thankfully, in my case, they, it, the treatments worked. Um, and that helped to stay, that helped me to stay uh, positive. But it's still very mentally challenging knowing that uh, I feel really sick now, but I will feel better. But once you feel better, you'll know, oh, I will feel sick again. <laughs> so you really have to know when to live in the moment. But that's extremely hard, knowing like I feel good now, but tomorrow I will feel like shit again. And when you start your chemotherapy, you still have all your strength, you still have your energy reserves, I don't know. Like you start out healthy. Or wait, you do, you do not actually start out healthy because you already have a tumor. But um, you're still at your strongest, but your body takes a hit every single time and it gets harder and harder for your body to recover in between the chemos. So when you're done with your treatments, your, your body is so weak, it's like you have no stamina whatsoever. So like I said, this vicious cycle is mentally quite challenging but i did try to i did try to find a way to deal with it and for me the idea that time passes uh was quite helpful actually and of course time went by really slowly because i was in utter agony but it did pass uh no matter how slowly and there were times that I did feel better. So I tried to keep my look or my view at the, on the near future. Uh, while also not trying to look too far ahead in the future. Because that was kind of the great unknown. Because I knew that everything will come to an end. But I wasn't exactly sure how it will end. I knew in between the treatments that, you know, the chemo worked. But at that time, you don't know exactly when you will be done with chemo, when you can really start rebuilding your strength in your life, you, and, or if that's even possible, yes or no. Like, you don't, like, the far future, is, it was the great unknown. Um, now I've frozen it stuck in my head. Okay. So that's, was, that was kind of the mentality that I tried to hold on to. Uh, I'm not saying that I always succeeded in this aspect. I would actually argue that I failed most of the time. Um, but it was a thought I tried to hold on to. Like, things will get better. And at the same time, try to live in the moment. It's very paradoxical, but uh, it's just, it's trying to mix you're trying to mix optimism with realism 
because having high ex high expectations will only lead to um, disappointments. Radiate Radio, your international sound wave. But enough about this chemo cycle. I'm gonna move on to the uh, side effects. I think the main or like the most well-known side effect from chemo is nausea. I think most people know that. I experienced experienced nausea the most while actually getting the chemo, but also like the uh, the the days after that um, when I got home, uh, the nausea was pretty bad. Then the side effects would be the worst uh, during uh, after day ten, because when uh, my immune system was really really weak really really weak one time I actually got uh, a paper cut during this period and that turned into a blister and in the end that blister or that paper cut turned into sepsis or like blood poisoning and I had to be hospitalized for another week because of that infection and uh I was so done <laughs> so um this also brings me to another point that I want to discuss uh, which is social isolation. When you have chemo, you're socially very isolated because your immune system is so weak. Having contact with a lot of people can be very dangerous. So in this period, I barely saw my friends. And uh, I also did not have a smartphone back then. This was 2013. So all my contact was through email <laughs> and by just, you know, by calling people. Uh, so of course I had my family and my mom took really good care of me but it was still kind of lonely and because I was sick I didn't went to school for one and a half years so I missed out on a lot of stuff that people were that people of my age were supposed to do and I think now with this current pandemic everyone knows uh, what I'm talking about um, everyone knows how knows how it feels to be socially isolated. Before the, the pandemic, this was quite difficult to explain to people, but now I feel everyone can relate to can relate to it. And it must be so difficult for cancer patients right now, actually, during this pandemic, having this extra factor of insecurity and stress and danger. You know, being so weak and having this having this virus going around um, of course I'm not completely sure how, how like how it must be like for them because I'm not in their position um, but as a former cancer patient knowing already how hard chemo can be and the insecurities that come with it uh, and the social isolation like I said it must be really really difficult Besides the social isolation and um, the weak immune system, I also had uh, some very strange, funny side effects. For example, I had very enhanced taste and smelling senses. And it's, it was the weirdest experience ever. I had, like, suddenly I had a nose of it, like, I had a dog nose, like, I could smell anything from like a very great distance. I remember, for example, in the Sophia Child Hospital uh, at noon, 
they would always come around with soup for the visitors and for the you know for the family of the cancer patient for the families of the cancer patients and oh the soup the smell of the soup it was it was so strong and of course everyone would smell the soup as well but for me the smell was 10 times stronger than for the average person basically so i could get actually really nauseous because of that because of that strong smell and i remember like lying in my hospital bed in my hospital room i remember smelling soup and thinking ah it must be noon because i smell soup and then my mom was like i don't smell anything i don't know what you're talking about and it turned out that they were actually serving soup like on the completely different on the complete different side of the oncology ward but i could smell it from there from like i could smell the soup from my room even though they were like on the completely different side at the completely different side of the oncology ward and then like five or ten minutes later they would come around and ask oh what's soup and i'll be like please everyone say no because i'm about to barf i don't think you guys want to see me barf but okay another smell that i couldn't stand uh was the smell of coffee um which apparently is also a common thing among among pregnant women so I'm not sure what exactly <laughs> was happening to me but the smell of coffee was very very penetrating penetrating um, very dominant and my poor mom uh, meanwhile was like but I need my coffee so she would actually say to me I'll be back in 15 minutes I need my coffee um, so yeah bye because I couldn't stand the smell of coffee, so she couldn't she couldn't drink coffee beside beside my hospital bed. So, yeah. But what else? Oh yeah, I also had strange cravings, like for example pickles, which I think is also a common thing among pregnant women. Again, I don't know what what this chemo was doing to me. Um, I also had sometimes very strange cravings for for eggs. So besides pickles, I could also really crave have a craving for eggs which is quite interesting because um, in eggs there are like a lot of proteins and that's the thing like when you have uh, chemo and your immune system is so weak it's really important to get enough protein so it was kind of like my body was signaling me like you need more protein so eat more eggs I'm gonna let you crave eggs so you eat more eggs do you know what I mean it's really I'm not sure if if this is actually how it works, if it's biologically, medically correct, but um, that's kind of how it felt like, like, oh, I need more protein, so my body is, is gonna make me crave eggs, so I get my proteins, whatever. Um, another thing that was interesting was um, some f- foods that I loved at first, I absolutely hated uh, during the time that I got chemo. Um, for example, chocolate. I absolutely loved chocolate. Actually, one of my first words uh, was chocolate, which also makes me highly doubt how nutritious my diet was at such a young age. Like, mom, dad, what were you feeding me? (laughs) But yeah, so my love for chocolate goes way back. (laughs) 
And then all of a sudden, I was disgusted by the smell and the taste of chocolate. I couldn't stand it. And I think I didn't eat chocolate for about two years. So even after I was done with my chemotherapy, there was a period of time that I did not touch chocolate at all. Uh, so that's really weird how these enhanced senses completely change your food preferences. Radiate Radio, your international sound wave. However, um, if someone would ask me what would be the most painful side effect, for me, it would definitely be mucositis. So what is mucositis? Well, I'm actually not sure if I'll be able to explain well. So with a little help of oralcancerfoundation.org, yes, um, mucositis uh, occurs when cancer treatments break down the rapidly divided epithelial, I think that's how you pronounce it, epithelial cells, lining the gastrointestinal tract, which goes from the mouth to the anus, lovely, leaving the mucosal, mucosal, mm, mucosal tissue open to ulceration and, and infection. So in plain English, uh, or in plain language, what happened was I got a very sore throat, very dry sore throat, um, like this, it was kind of like this burning pain. My tongue turned white and I had blisters in like that covered my entire mouth. So like I'd, I had mouth ulcers everywhere. Also like under on my tongue, underneath my tongue, like my entire mouth was covered with blisters. And there weren't any painkillers for that really. At one point I even got morphine. <laughs> But even morphine did not ease the pain. So I basically had to endure, endure this pain. But it was really hard. Uh, it, it, was, it was so painful. I was barely able to even open up my mouth in the first place. So speaking was very difficult. Very peaceful for my mom, though. Uh, having a, a, a sassy teenage daughter who's not able to talk back, um, must have been convenient at some times. But yeah, speaking was difficult, uh, and let alone eating. Like, eating was such, ooh, that was a challenge. Because my mouth, my throat, everything hurt, so... And then, you know, that combined with the nausea, it led to a lot of weight loss. When you have chemo it's really important that you eat enough and you eat healthy and you get your your nutritions and your proteins it's extremely important because you're already so weak and you need all the strength that you can get so the fact that i was losing so much weight was very troubling and um, that's when my oncologist decided that i needed to get tube feeding radiate radio your international sound wave but th that's not something that I will actually go into detail uh, right now. I will actually discuss tube feeding in the next episode. What it's like, how it works, the weird, awkward, uh, and sometimes funny situations that I found myself in because of 
because of the tube feeding. Everything will be discussed in the next episode. So if you're interested in that, please tune in for the next episode. For now, I have, I think, said everything that I wanted to tell about what it's like having chemo, or at least the chemo that I had. There are many types of chemo. Um, and if you have any questions for me, please leave them at Radiate Radio's Instagram account. I'm actually planning on doing an episode where I can answer questions that people send in um, if people are curious to certain things that I haven't talked about or want to know more about. So if you have questions, um, let me know. Or if you have just any thoughts or feedback as well, that's always very nice to hear as well. And yes, I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you tune in for the next episode as well. Bye, guys. <laughs>